everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Litigation Radio. I'm your host, Dave Scriven-Young. I'm a commercial and environmental litigator in the Chicago office of Bakar & Abramson, which is recognized as the largest law firm serving the construction industry, with 115 lawyers and 11 offices around the U.S. On this show, we talk to the country's top litigators and judges to discover best practices in developing our careers, winning cases, getting more clients, and building a sustainable practice. This podcast is brought to you by the litigation section of the American Bar Association. The litigation section provides litigators of all practice areas the resources we need to be successful advocates for our clients. Learn more at ambar.org litigation. For over a decade, the National Association of Women Lawyers has compiled data demonstrating a consistent and relatively undisturbed pattern of a significant lack of women and people of color in the upper echelon of law firm and legal profession leadership. This special episode will discuss these fundamental problems for the legal profession and what the ABA litigation section is doing about it. In particular, we'll discuss two upcoming programs that the section is hosting in Boston, the Women in Litigation Joint CLE Conference to be held November 17th through 19th, and the Two-Day Diverse Leaders Trial Academy to be held immediately after that conference. So I'd like to welcome our two guests to discuss these issues. First, we have Beth Kaufman, who is the chair of the ABA litigation section and is a named partner in the law firm of Showman, Updike, Kaufman, and Gerber LLP in New York City, where she handles complex litigation. Welcome to the show, Beth. Thanks, Dave. I'm very, very happy to be here. Great. And our second guest is Laura White. She's a co-chair of the Women in Litigation Joint CLE Conference and is a professor of practice of business and legal studies at Tulane University A.B. Freeman School of Business in New Orleans, Louisiana. Welcome, Laura. Hi, thanks for having me, Dave. All right, well, let's start with Beth. So how would you describe the state of women in the legal profession right now? You know, Dave, you mentioned NOL, the National Association of Women Lawyers, and I was president of NOL beginning in 2012. And at that point in time, women accounted for about 16% of equity partners in the AMLAW 200 firms. Today, women account for 21% of equity partners in the AMLAW 200. 18% of partners in the AMLAW 200 are Caucasian women. 3% are women of color. That sounds like progress, but it is very, very slow incremental progress. And we at the litigation section are doing what we can to help advance women in the legal profession, give them the skills, allow them to network, allow them to professionally develop so that they can move into the upper echelons of the legal profession, into management and leadership roles, and most importantly, become trial lawyers. Great. And of course, we've been dealing with the global pandemic that's happening all around us. Laura, I wonder, how has COVID specifically affected the progress of women? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, that's obviously a very topical question. The litigation section mental health and wellness task force actually just posted an article in September written by the task force co-chair, Dr. Diana Uchiyama. She's the executive director at Illinois Lawyers Assistance Program. And her article identified uh, the fact that many parents, obviously both men and women, but particularly women, 
have had to leave the workforce during COVID due to the increased strain uh, on childcare, homeschooling, and caretaking of older relatives. So this past year has seen millions of women leave the workforce at almost four times the rate of men. COVID has added to the already significant pressure, burnout, and fatigue uh, that women in particular suffer in the workplace. And this mass exodus has had a big impact on diversity and will have a big impact in the future on diversity, both for law firms, the court system and judges, as well as in-house positions, because this has obviously been a large career disruption for many of these working women. So given that framework, Beth, you've been chair of the litigation section for a couple of months now. What are your plans for the ABA litigation section to help women and other litigators with diverse characteristics make progress in the legal profession? Well, let me take you back a little bit because we've been doing a lot in the litigation section for a while to help women advance. I was fortunate to co-chair the Products Liability Litigation Committee back in the late 90s into the early 2000s. And we started the section's first, what we call Women in Committee, the Women in Products Liability. And Laura was part of that for much of her career in the ABA as well. And this was designed to give women lawyers a place where they could network, make longstanding and long-lasting friendships and professional connections within the section with other women who practiced in products liability And it turned out to be exactly what we hoped for. That group met every year, and the energy in the room of what was very often close to 200 women was really stupendous. From women in litigation, we got women in insurance, win, whistle, women in securities litigation, and most recently we have while, women in labor and employment. All of these groups were very active. The connections between the women who were involved in them grew very strong. And the section decided that every other year we would offer the Women in Litigation Joint CLE Conference, where those groups come together with our regular committee, the Women Advocate Committee, and produce programming that will help women advance as women lawyers, network with their colleagues, make long-standing, lasting professional connections and friendships, and succeed in that way. So we have had, um, I think, six women in litigation conferences. This year's conference is in Boston. All of those women in groups are going to be meeting, planning business meetings, planning programming, because next year, They all will present their own standalone programming for their members. So one year we have a big joint conference, and the next year all of those committees have programming just in their practice areas. We also are going forward with a diverse lawyers trial academy because the problems of advancement are not just afflicting women. They are afflicting, as you say, lawyers who are diverse, who have diverse characteristics. There was another study done by the Commission on Women in the Profession called the First Chair Report. And this was a study based upon actual records of the Northern District of Illinois, the federal court there. And they found that 68% of all lawyers appearing in civil cases in that court in the year that was studied 
were men and only 32% were women. Women did not even identify themselves as lead counsel. Only 24% of women said they will lead counsel. 76% of the men said they will lead counsel. And they were not trying cases. The lead trial lawyers in those cases, 73% were men, 27% were women. And these statistics apply across the board. Lawyers who have other diverse characteristics, lawyers of color, lawyers who are physically challenged, lawyers who have different sexual orientations, all of them are represented at percentages much, much lower than even women are in those studies. So we thought the best thing we could do, rather than just amalgamate all this data over the years, was to go out and try to do something to help move the needle. So we're starting the Diverse Lawyers Trial Academy in Boston, immediately following, as you noted, Dave, our Women in Litigation Conference this year. And that will be a trial training skills program. We will have judges, trial lawyers, jury consultants, all working with the students, many of whom are going to be young partners, if you can believe it, who haven't had the ability to learn how to be trial lawyers, and give them the skills and techniques so that they can be successful in the ultimate role in the courtroom, the lead trial lawyer role. Well, let's break some of that down. Um, You talked about the Women in Litigation Joint CLE Conference that's coming up in Boston. Laura, I wonder if you can give us uh, just some highlights of what we can expect coming out of that conference. Yeah, thanks, Dave. So the litigation section, uh, I have to say, has the most incredible resources for support and networking for women lawyers, as Beth just outlined. And these different groups that are coming together in Boston, these different committees focused on uh, women advocacy, insurance, products, liability, and securities, within all of these organizations, you really develop a lot of lifelong relationships. And I can personally attest to that. So what we're going to be doing in Boston is bringing together 16 programs. Uh, So we're going to have four plenary panels, including our kickoff night. We're going to be having a tribute to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Justice Ginsburg, as everyone knows, died during COVID when we were not having in-person conferences. And although the ABA and different legal sections have paid tribute to her with articles and and writings. We haven't had an in-person opportunity to get together, particularly as women litigators, to celebrate her legacy. So we're going to be doing that our first night, followed by a welcome reception where we're inviting all of the judges in Boston to attend as well. So we also uh, will have three other plenary panels over those uh, several days. We have 12 breakout sections where each of the individual committees will have an opportunity to focus on their topics uh, for insurance, products, liability, and securities litigation, and also just general skills panels for litigators will be offered. 
We're having a number of networking opportunities. In addition to the welcome reception, we'll be having a reception and dinner on another night. We have two breakfasts and uh, we have speakers in our lunch programs. We're also going to be having yoga and some wellness activities involved as well. So there's going to be lots of opportunities to interact with women litigators all over the country, judges and in-house counsel. And everyone's very excited about uh, attending. Well, it sounds like an amazing program. And let me just ask a question, Laura, that perhaps wasn't in the script, but can men come to the Women in Litigation Joint CLA Conference? And do men go to that conference? Yes, we uh, we welcome men to attend. So we'd be happy to have them join us. Don't want anyone to feel excluded or unwelcome. It's a very welcoming group. So we would love to have men attend and men have attended before. So we would be happy to have them come and join us. Excellent. And Beth, the the second program that you mentioned was the Diverse Leaders Trial Academy. And I wonder if you could give us some highlights and why should a law firm leader send diverse leaders to this trial academy? So the Diverse Lawyers Trial Academy was um, really a brainchild of a group of us who looked at the number of, as I said, lawyers of color and women who were not trial lawyers and did not self-identify as lead trial lawyers. And after conferring with judges, because there are many judges throughout the country that are trying to remedy this situation also, and they're doing that mostly through their rulemaking, asking firms to make sure that they have women in lead roles and lawyers of color and other lawyers with diverse characteristics in lead roles. After conferring with all of them, we thought we could put to great use the wonderful trial lawyers who are women, who are men, the jury consultants who are uh, very active in the section and bring together a lot of our judges who are very supportive of this concept and who themselves had been great trial lawyers when they were in private practice, bring them together and plan a trial skills training program. If you remember, Dave, we had a wonderful success with a roadshow that we did a few years ago, which taught how the improvements and amendments to the federal rules of civil procedure would help make litigation more efficient and case management more streamlined. One of the successes of that program is that we actually took it on the road to 17 cities. We did an entirely local program. And this is pre-COVID, so we weren't thinking about travel or anyone having to leave their home at night, sleep in a hotel. We just thought if we could go to the individual cities and talk with the local lawyers, the local judges who they know, the judges' law clerks, we would be able to have a great impact in that community. And so we went on the road to bring that program to lawyers and judges and others in the courthouse across the country. So the concept for the Diverse Lawyers Trial Academy is the same. We are going to local communities. We're speaking with local lawyers. We're enlisting local faculty, local judges. We're um, planning the program so that it's uh, consistently of excellent quality and consistently hitting the important features that we want across the country. But we're starting out in Boston, and our plan is to bring the Trial Academy to Southern California 
and to Dallas later this year, perhaps a little bit into the summer, depending upon scheduling. We think in doing this, we'll have a great turnout, but of course it's limited attendance. We don't have the ability to have hundreds of people attend in any one place, and that's why it is a local program. We'll have anywhere from maybe 16 to 40 students participating in any one location. That gives a lot of personal attention to each of the attendees, from all the faculty members, the judges, the jury consultants who were present. And we think it'll be a very, very effective way of helping um, our lawyers go to the next level and become excellent trial lawyers. They have the full support of their law firms for this program. And we hope the law firms will give them the opportunities to try cases after that. Well, you've described two really great, excellent programs that's coming up for the ABA litigation section, the Women in Litigation Joint CLE Conference and the Diverse Leaders Trial Academy. I wonder, Beth, what is the best way for folks they want to find out more about these upcoming programs? It's actually very easy to remember. It's ambar, A-M-B-A-R dot org slash litigation women and ambar dot org slash diverse lawyer. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for letting us know about these programs. Laura and uh, Beth, thanks so much for your time and for being on the show today. Thank you for having us, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Excellent. Well, that's all we have for our episode today. I want to thank our fabulous producer, Rich Rivera, for his help with guest preparation and booking. Thanks so much, Rich, for your great work. Thanks also goes out to the co-chairs of the litigation section's audio content committee, Josh Jones and Tyler True, as well as Michelle Oberts, who's on staff with the litigation section. Thank you to Lawrence Coletti and our audio professionals from Legal Talk Network. And last but not least, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. 